This episode is brought to you by NYX, a sustainable and natural mouthwash that aims to eliminate single-use plastic waste while using the highest quality natural ingredients to create a mouthwash that is both gentle on you and gentle on our planet. We are big fans of NYX, so much so that I recently brought it with me on my trip to France. NYX is gentle and effective, utilizing real ingredients with health benefits like peppermint oil and aloe vera. They have nixed the harsh chemicals, alcohol, synthetic additives, and preservatives that pollute your body and our waterways. Instead, leaving us with a natural mouthwash that really works is good for you and good for the planet. Each year, over 500 million plastic mouthwash bottles end up in landfills. That's enough to wrap around the earth three times. This is why NYX is dedicated to nixing single-use plastic through eco-friendly mouthwash crystals. The mouthwash crystals are lightweight and reduce carbon emissions from shipping. So incredible. By choosing NYX, you're keeping yourself and mother nature healthy and clean. They also donate 10% of profits to nonprofits that tackle environmental issues and help underprivileged children receive adequate dental care in the U S and abroad. There is so much to love about NYX as a company and a product. Fresh breath is just the top of it. And we know you're going to love it as much as we do. If you want to try NYX, you can save 25% off your first order. When you visit nixmouthwash.com. that's N I X mouthwash.com and use code CW podcast one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness, and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches and now offer health coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. 
We loved the program and have so many listeners ask us about continuing education for nutrition, health coaching programs, or even just enrolling in higher education to learn more about food and nutrition for themselves. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,000 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. Um, We have a great episode for you this week with Rachel McLeod. Uh, And before we get into Rachel and our conversation with her, we're going to do a a usual intro update, weekly update, um, just with me and Erica. So, Ms. Erica, how are you? What's going on? Uh, So much is going on. I'm having a day before we recorded. Thank you, Allie, for holding space for me. I just got a lot out. which was a reminder and a throwback, actually, Ali, you mentioned it to our conversation with Victoria Albina, who really talked about um, so much good stuff, but breaking like codependency is a lot of her work. And, you know, she talked about when we unload to our friends or when we ask our friends to hold space for us to ask them permission, yeah. right? Instead of just unloading to be like, can you hold space for this conversation right now? Yeah. Like, do you have five minutes? Yeah. So I can vent or whatever it might be. And that way the person gets to say yes or no. Yeah. Cause I, um, yeah, I've just been having, I'll share it with my update. I'm dealing with some chronic pain and, um, I haven't had a lot of space, you know, I haven't, it would be nice, right? I think this is a reminder for all of us to ask our friends before we just unload and for us to ask our friends as well. Um, you know just to make sure, right? Cause we, a lot, everyone's going through their things and it's just really nice to make sure the person you're about to unload on has the bandwidth to take it. And if they don't, there's nothing wrong with like, let's put a pin in that and call me tomorrow. Right. And then I'll be able to hold space for you. So anyway, oh, and this is so in line with the mental health of, of this conversation today, but I am dealing with some chronic pain. I don't think I've shared it on the podcast because I didn't have a proper diagnosis until a couple of weeks ago. But for the last year, I've been dealing with shoulder pain that has gotten um, worse and worse and worse. And I have lost a lot of mobility in my left arm, which I know is the feminine side of your body um, for the people who listen, who are a little witchy and woo. But um it's been getting worse and worse. And I did get a diagnosis and, um, I've gotten two diagnoses. Actually, my physical therapist thinks it's one thing. My orthopedist and GP thinks it's another. Um, but basically it it can take about two years to heal and it's, and, and it could get a lot worse before it gets better. And like I said, I'm dealing with chronic pain and, um, mobility issues. So, one doctor thinks two doctors think it's frozen shoulder. Another doctor thinks it's an impingement. So 
if anyone's dealt with those things, you know, slide into my DMs, please. But I have found, I guess my update for this week is I wasn't really taking care of it until the pain started getting much worse and much more chronic and affecting my sleep and affecting my kind of day-to-day life. So, um, yeah, I feel for everyone who deals with pain. I know mine is probably, you know, it's, I don't want to downplay it. So it's, it's been pretty bad. That's like what I do. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's not that bad in comparison, but yeah, dealing with chronic pain sucks. And, um, I'm also left-handed. So it's like relearning to really not rely on my left hand is an interesting process, but my update, I found an incredible, like holistic physical therapist, um, body worker, and wow, lightning just struck Allie. So I'm like, ooh, physical therapist, witchiness. Um, but it's a very holistic, almost body worker. Um, and he thinks he can help me in six weeks. Isn't that incredible? So all these other doctors were like, it could take up to two years, but he he's pretty confident we can we can start really healing in about six weeks and get some of my mobility back. And yeah, so um that's kind of my update and it kind yeah. of leads into, it's just been a lot to, you know, it's been a lot. And, um, it's actually interesting because Lauren O'Connell, another guest on our show, I go to her moon events. As many of you know, she has moon events for the full moon and the new moon. And then she also pulls tarot cards at the end of them. And one of her messages was about like receiving support, right? Like, like it was, you know, in a nutshell, it was about like, asking for support, receiving support. And I really felt that because I do think I've been carrying around a lot of emotional weight that has led to whatever this impingement or frozen shoulder getting worse. And obviously, like I said, I've been dealing with it for about a year and I waited until it got pretty unbearable to actually go to the doctor and deal with it. So, um, yeah, and I'm going to start trying to, it's, it's also inflammatory. So I want to focus a lot on anti-inflammatory foods. And so I did the Saqqara two day just to do like a little reset. I love Saqqara. It's organic plant-based meal delivery service. Um, we work with them. We love them. And the meals are so good. I had a cauliflower breakfast bowl, but it tasted like strawberry chocolate vanilla ice cream. And it was full of cauliflower. It was like a cauliflower Neapolitan um, yogurt bowl. I don't know how they do it. And um, I also had my favorite salad of theirs is this uh, Italian chopped salad with basil superfood rolls. And again, everything's organic, gluten-free, plant-based. It was really yummy and like a nice reset towards this like ideally lower inflammatory whole food based meals I'd like to do, which for me really revolves around decreasing my sugar intake because I love sugar. But um, I'm going to see if it can help because like I said, I'm dealing with a lot of chronic pain, Um, but not no sugar, low sugar. So yeah, but I love Saqqara because it's meals that I definitely wouldn't be able to make at home. I'm not creative in that way. And again, so delicious. And if you want to try Saqqara yourself, they have a whole boutique of yummy items, um, bars, powders, all that yumminess and their meal delivery. And they have two day, three day, five day, 30 day. Um, and you can save 20% with XO courageous. So sorry guys, that's a lot of like health updates on my end, but that's what I'm currently going through. So (laughs) Allie, how are you? What is your update? I'm good. Although I was going to say my health update is I was like, 
I was outside in a field this past weekend and I was eaten alive by field mites. I had to do some research on what kind of bugs it was. Um, yeah, I guess I was kind of juicy, but it's not, you know, they were fine. They're just super itchy. But I was like, what are these red welts everywhere from my face to my waist? So um, that was fun, <laughs> but definitely not, you know, definitely not a health issue, just more of a, a body <laughs> annoyance. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, things are good. I've been going back to the gym, which I'm really enjoying. Um trying to do it regularly, not a crazy amount. So I'm way more consistent when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go like two to three days a week, you know? Um, and just lifting more, really working on as I age, I know we're young, but mm-hmm. pushing my late thirties. Now we're going there. We're, we're, I'm at the end of my mid thirties. It's like, you're still uh, mid, it's a little yeah, mid. I'll be 37 in April. And Um, especially as like a hormone health coach, I think I've become so much more conscientious about muscle mass and long-term effects on longevity and our metabolism. And it becomes harder, especially for women to, um, maintain and build muscle mass as we get older. So I've just been more conscientious of that, but I've also been really enjoying it, which I think is important. So like when we take up a new movement activity, something that doesn't, you know, cause us pain, but also, um, but just makes us feel great. And yes, I get sore, but like, that's the good sore, not, good the, sore. not the bad sore. Um, and really being, you know, in touch with your body to be able to recognize the difference. But, um, yeah, I've been, I've been really conscientious about trying to just put on some muscle and, um, I'm, I'm enjoying it, uh, and I'm doing it slowly. So, um, that's kind of an update with some of my my wellness stuff. And it's interesting because this morning I got up. I usually go with my husband to the gym, but he like needed to sleep. And I was like, okay, see you later. <laughs> and I went by myself and I felt really great. I felt super energized after the fact. And I was just like proud of myself for doing it, even though like my partner couldn't do it with me that day. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm hopeful. My PT is like determined to get me back into being able to do weight training. And I, my only movement right now, Allie is walking because that's the only thing that doesn't disturb my arm. Yes. Um, so I, 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 but I know I want, I'm craving, I can't wait. (laughs) Well, fun fact, I just read a New York times article too. And this is not revolutionary. Obviously we know how good walking is for us, for mental health, for physical health. Um, but there are studies that have come out recently that have shown that even two to 10 minutes of walking, Mm -hmm. especially after a meal has like incredible benefits for our, um, overall metabolic health and balancing our blood sugar. We always talk about blood sugar balance. So, all that walking is not in vain. It's one of the no. best things we can do for ourselves. So even if you have five minutes, it's not wasted. Please go just take a stroll around your, your building or your block. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So anyway, we have a great episode today, so we should probably just get to it. Let's do it. Okay. So today on the podcast, we speak with Rachel McLeod, and she is an emotional wellness coach and a mental health therapist. She helps people get rid of symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress in only two to six months instead of two to six years. 
In this conversation, Rachel talks us through her own personal mental health journey, her process of dealing with symptoms of anxiety in months instead of years, and offers tangible mental health tips for us all today. We also talk about the stress of the upcoming holiday season and how to manage it all. We learned so much from Rachel, and this was another conversation that has really stayed with us long after recording. And we hope you enjoy the episode and please let us know your own takeaways by getting in touch on Courageous Wellness's Instagram, which is at Courageous Wellness. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How is that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health a key player in your mental health and cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1500 five-star reviews and they work with incredible partners within the medical field, like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Well, thank you, Rachel, for joining us today. We are really looking forward to this conversation with you and hearing about the work that you do. So just to get us started and to share with our listeners a little bit, can you, um, can you share a little bit about your personal background and what, what led you into this field? Yeah, I, gosh, I had a mental health 
crisis. I had just a whole mental health journey that I really didn't understand anything about, even though I had already been a therapist, right? A mental health therapist. I started um, in, I graduated, I got my degree and started doing talk therapy for people that were suffering from addictions. And uh, I was doing my best. I was applying everything I learned and gosh, we were getting nowhere. And that really affected me a lot because they I was like these people need help now you know and what we're going to talk about this for the next nine months next two years next three years and I just was really I became really pretty disillusioned and angry and um, I was let um, my department closed and so I was laid off all of us were laid off and I was pregnant and I could not get another job till after the baby. And, but I was like, this becoming more and disillusioned. So I was like, I quit, <laughs> I'm not going back. I'm not doing this. And I ended up um, just focusing on my family and I had three small children. I had three children under three. And, um, and that's when I hit my last big mental health crisis. And I just, my whole life just shut down and I couldn't solve problems. I, was I didn't even know I was anxious. I didn't even know I was dealing with anxiety. I did not know what this stuff looked like from the inside. And, um, and when you're living it and when it's covering your whole vision. And um, my husband suggested that I get an evaluation. And so I went in a little hesitantly or reluctantly, but I was like, okay, let's do this. Cause I, I did not think anybody from that field, I was mad, I was bitter. So I go in and they, he, in our, in our session, he diagnosed me with obsessive compulsive disorder and the light bulbs just went off on, for me. I was like, I get it. Like this makes sense. And I, it just, and I was like, why didn't I put two and two together? Um, I'm saving jars. I can't have any colors hangers in my <laughs> jar. I, I, I have just, and I was just looking back on my life and I'm like, oh yeah, I had it. Then I had it. Then I had it. Uh, yep. I had it then. And, um, but I was, nobody ever diagnosed me because I was so high functioning. I, I mean, it, it was what made me great at my schoolwork, at, in my studies, it, at my sports. I was neurotic until I got something correct. And, but I was applauded for this. And so it just never occurred to me that uh, you got a big problem. But at that point, I just could not go on any further. And I actually, I, started researching and then I ran into this woman who handed me an alternative intervention, alternative healing method. And um, she said, try this, it will change your life. And so I did, I went home and I watched the DVDs training set for it. And it was different. It's tapping on different points in your body. And I was like, this is not talk therapy. So I'm into it. Let's do this weird thing that this weird lady told me to do. And so I, um, I, that night I was laying in bed with racing thoughts. I could not sleep. And I was just huffing and puffing, like, I need to go to sleep now. One of the kids is going to wake up and I'm not going to get any sleep. And, you know, uh, I just couldn't. And I was like, why don't I, this little voice said, why don't you try that thing? And so I pulled out the papers um, that I had written down the notes and I started tapping on those points. It took me 30 seconds to complete the first round and I yawned. And then I was like, okay, well, let's do it again. So I did it again. I fell right to sleep. I didn't even choose to sleep. I just woke up the next morning. And then I was like, what else can I try this on? And I started going after all of my symptoms of obsessive compulsive disorder. Plus I found that I was just confused. My mind was running me in circles and I would just use this intervention. And all of a sudden I'd be thinking accurately. And I was like, 
whoa, <laughs> I remember journaling and just because I was so confused and it was like, I just was untangling all this stuff with this little tool. And so, and that was like, this is something. And I remember thinking, if I ever go back to work, this is what I'm going to do. And so, and I thought this intervention was like the end all be all, but since then I've been trained in multiple interventions and they all work the same way. And then I take interpersonal neurobiology and I learn how the brain functions. And I'm like, oh, this is the brain. This is not these interventions. These interventions just help the brain exactly the point the brain, um, the brain's process for resolving symptoms malfunctions. And so it's just a little bit of support right when the brain needs it. And so the brain can complete its processes, its healing functions. And all, next thing you know, instead of having cycling symptoms, they're finished. They just disappear. They're done. And you have this growth. And so I was like, wow, this is great. And so that's really um, what has me so excited about this because we can actually resolve these symptoms, not just cope with them. Mm. And um, we can do that very quickly because this the brain resolves these things in electrically like these are electrical processes so um 30 seconds of this work is is a lot of electricity running yeah it's a lot of information moving and um in so we can resolve even complex symptoms in two minutes to 40 minutes depending on what we're working on and that was mind-blowing and i can tell you i mean i i started to see if i wanted to see if this would work with other people and so that was my next experiment and that it does, it's not just my brain. And then I wanted to see, um, but they still, we'd have this progress, but they'd still have this disorder. And I was like, gosh, can we take down this disorder? And then after a while, we, we figured that out. Wow. I would figure that out with individual clients. And then I saw patterns and I was like, oh, so, and then once I was able to start helping people resolve their disorders, then I was like, can we do this faster? Like, we're only doing this work when we're in sessions together. Like, yeah. and so I decided, let me see if I can teach them the interventions and then give them strategy, give them a homework to do so that they can do this work between sessions where their brains are actually struggling, mm. right? Where their brains are actually not completing their healing processes, where they're going in cycles and, you know, malfunctioning. And so, and, and then they were, they could. And so we were able to move through their disorder so quickly. And then at the end of this, which now I help people do this in two to six months. I have a process for resolving disorders in two to six months. And, um, but by the end of the process, they have the skills for themselves to take care of their brain for the rest of their life, which then promotes the, all this self-trust and this yeah. self-connection and um, the ability to move towards life and towards connections and do the brain work required to connect with others and their goals and their community. You know, and so that is just, that's where I'm at now. And that's how I got here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, it's so, yeah, I, I love to that. And I want to break down the process and exactly how you're able to work um, with people to do this. Because I remember when um, I was reading about you and, and reading about how you are able to help people get rid of symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress in two to six months, as opposed to like two to six years. That's pretty, I think that's pretty incredible. And I think giving people tools, I remember with myself and I know I mentioned off recording, like when I started, um, talk therapy and I love my therapist, but, um, I, I think I started when I was like 27 or 28 years old. And I had also been, I have anxiety, but I'm very high functioning as well. And so mm -hmm. it didn't, it didn't become a need that I needed to, um, 
deal with or focus on until my like late twenties. Right. Then I was like, "Uh ah, this is, this is interesting. But I remember going into it. I was so, um, focused when interviewing therapists on tools, because I didn't want to just sit and talk about my problems. Like I know what my problems are, right. Or I know, I know what's going on. How can I, how can I work through this and help myself at home? And so you mentioned tapping and, and I think you mentioned some other things as well. So can you maybe talk us through this process of how you're able to work with clients to move through this anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress in such a short period of time? Yeah. You know, first of all, brains are really great at resolving symptoms. Like they're really, really great at this. Um, uh, what happens is, is that there are things that happen that trigger us and that sends that has the whole mind body sending all this information to the front of the brain. If that information registers as pain, the survival system jumps in to block the pain from moving forward. And so it kind of shoves all that information out and then it cycles back and the body says, well, no, I need to tell you this. And so, and it keeps coming forward. That will go on for repeat till the end of your life or until your brain can finally process that information. And, um, but the positive aspects of situations will just move forward and through this process and be processed easily because there's no pain registering. And so there's no survival system activation to block and shut down this process. So some of us have had parents that help us and upbringings that help us and have helped us practice and experience this process. Like um, this is, well, let me tell you, the survival system's native language is the body. And so we can use the body to send messages to that part of the brain to get it to relax and allow healing to happen. We're always doing this. We do this with our children naturally. When they cry, we go pick them up, we rock them. We're actually using their body to send the signal to their brain, you're safe. And then all of a sudden that, that signal shuts down and the child comes back into regulation, is calm, and then they process the event. And so when that happens, the brain learns, oh, we have distress, we process it, we grow, we keep moving, right? Um, n- not all of us had that growing up. And so we didn't have that practice. Sometimes our parents would get involved and we're dysregulated and they would dysregulate us further. And there we may have learned, okay, when scary things happen and we get upset, our parents are gonna come and make it worse. And so the pattern is we get distressed and then we get more distressed. And so when that happens early, where we don't get to practice this healing process. Now, if we've had parents that do set us up, we still can have issues where our system just isn't great at processing some emotions. Most families have some emotion that just cannot make it through the healing pathways because it's just, we don't, we haven't practiced it enough. We haven't had enough success with it. Um, And maybe we've learned to be afraid of that emotion. Maybe it's anger, maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's fear, maybe it's terror, maybe it's what, who knows what it is, suspicion. But, and so whenever that comes up, our brain process malfunctions and then backs up and that's really where symptoms are created and then they will show up and grow. And so these interventions really are mind-body interventions, like the tapping, you're tapping on points in the body and that is a way to send that message straight to the part of the brain that's blocking the whole process. And so now you get this process unblocked and it flows naturally, there's nothing else to do the the body the mind and body get to have get to make all their information available to the parts of the brain that can actually solve problems and so i don't really do any counseling or advice with people i just help their brain actually finish these processes 
whether they've been going on for a lifetime or for the last six months or just today. Wow. That's, I mean, it makes so much sense. And we've done some interviews before. Like we, we have had someone on a while ago talking about tapping and we had someone recently, well, maybe more recently, um, about embodiment work, like physical, physical, like somatic movement as a part of, um, as, as like you said, like as a tool, as a part of connecting, because also I I'm recalling that interview where it was like, talk therapy can really serve a purpose, but if we don't understand the connection in the body, it may not be able to do exactly what you're talking about from a more kind of clinical or scientific standpoint from the brain. It's like, it may not be able to resolve. Um, and we repeat those. It's like, it's our nervous system, right? Repeating what it knows until we as you were saying, use these tools to connect those, um, aspects. And I love, I love the way you're talking also about the brain, because I don't know that we always, even though that seems like an obvious component when we're talking about what would be classified as, I guess, mental health. Um, I I've heard more folks, practitioners in, in the, the mental health field talking about it from like a biological standpoint from a brain, like what's going on in the brain, which I don't know is always like from a more kind of, um, mainstream conversation about this stuff. It's not, it's not that common to talk about like what's actually going on in the brain. And I think it's incredibly empowering to talk about that from a, from a, like, I guess it's a biological standpoint or physiological what's going on in the brain and the body, because it's also, um, I think it destigmatizes yes a lot of the conversation around dealing Absolutely. with quote unquote mental health symptoms. Um, yes, because it's like we don't stigmatize when you're going through a physical health no uh, disease of some kind. We don't stigmatize the symptoms of what might be dealing with. Um, a physical health diagnosis. Yeah, but there is there are still aspects of that when we're talking about mental or brain health and, and using the word brain and you, and talking about what's going on physiologically takes away, I think some of the shame that still exists around these conversations, as much as it is something that every human in 2022 deals with. Yeah. You know, it's like when something that people don't understand is that some, the, if you go into a survival state, if, if you happen to encounter something that nobody else thinks is dangerous, but your nervous system, and all of a sudden your brain shifts you into a survival state, you're going to fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn without choice because the survival system doesn't give you choice. That's when this stuff is just happening. That's a sign that the survival system's involved. And it's like, nope, this is what's important for us. But a lot of that, like even faint, that's when people fall asleep. That's a faint thing. That's a survival system thing. And so many people are sleeping longer than more than they want to or falling asleep. And they think, gosh, I'm just lazy. No, you got put to sleep. You know, that's not, that was not a choice on your end or arguing or um, being irritable. That's a survival state. Yeah. And the brain can shift out of that very easily if you have the tools to help yourself do that. And um, 
Yeah. And I think that this, you know, the somatic experiencing is really important. When I think about the brain function, I think about, I'm working with four parts. I'm working with the body. I'm working with the survival system. I'm working with the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Yeah. I see them very separate. I see them having separate communication styles and I teach people how to communicate with each different part in their own language, right? The body's language is sensations. You know, it doesn't write you letters. It's just, you start feeling things in your body, like your stomach's dropping or your chest is fluttering or, you know, you, you, you feel your arms are tense. Um, and then there's the subconscious mind where it's telling stories and, um, and pictures and images and, you know, memories coming up, those sorts of things. And then you've got the conscious mind, all the thoughts and beliefs you have and the survival system, which is um, a, a state of fight, flight, freeze or faint or not, mm -hmm. right? If you don't have one, then the survival system's like, oh, you're fine, go ahead. That's its communication style. As soon as it flips over and you're in a fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn state, it's saying there's something here that's dangerous. And then mm -hmm. we just wanna go find what's, what's dangerous. what do you think was so dangerous? And we look mm -hmm. for clues and then we find what it is and then we help the brain process that. And then the brain creates a new way of being with that thing that was, it thought was scary. Yeah. And then it becomes accurate. And if that thing is really scary, it'll create a way of being with that, but it'll be accurate. It'll be like, oh, only at this time, only at these moments, only these kind of people, only these, you know, and we want that to become more and more and more accurate. Um, because when it's not accurate, that's when we have other things like biases yeah. and, and those sorts of things. But, yeah. uh, but the brain's job is to, is to get accurate. Uh -huh. So really when we help it do that, that's what we should see at the end. And that's what we do see at the end. Yeah. That's really cool. And like trust, you can like, when you, yes. I feel like you can trust yourself more deeply yes. when you feel like you, your physical response or whatever your, your symptomatic response as a human person is appropriate to what the yes. perception of the threat might be. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to take it personally. You right. don't have to be like, I don't even think I should be doing this. And you're in the middle of a panic attack. Oh no, your body thinks you should be panicking and you might not agree, but you can turn around and help your body through this, your survival system through this. Yeah. We taught, you know, it's interesting because we talk so much about this, like when it comes to like, even like food and digestion, right? Like our body can't, if we're stressed about an email or we're stressed about something going on in an office or with family our body biologically isn't going to be like, let me take the energy it needs to digest my food right now. Right? <laughs> like it's not going to do that when you're in fight or flight. And, um, you know, but it's interesting because we had a conversation with, um, a woman named Amrit Sadna Boyd, and she's an herbalist, but she does a lot with nervous system regulation as well. And I'll link the episode here too, if anyone wants to listen to it, but she said something that's really stuck with me as well about like animals in the wild, right? Like let's say an animal is being chased yes. by a predator. Um, if you watch videos of what happens after they get away, they're not just like, okay, back to work, back to whatever, right? It's like their whole body, the animal's entire body will shake and convulse right. until it right. gets that out of its body. And That's then right. it's able to proceed in the wild. Right. And when she said that it hit me and I was like, wow, all the traumas in my life have never been processed like that. It's just been like, okay. Yeah continue, proceed. Yes. And so again, like, I love that you also, I know you do a lot with like root cause and a lot of us have 
I mean, there's a lot of triggers in life, right? The holidays can be a big trigger. Um, a lot of people, I think in the last couple of years more than ever, and, and right now are experiencing grief in ways they've never expressed, never experienced before. Um, weddings, family, right? Like there's all these things that can trigger these traumatic stressors in our life. And I guess my question is if, if other people like us are listening they're like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. What can they do right now to get ahead of maybe something in their environment that's triggering them or bringing up mm-hmm. stress and anxiety right now in their body? Like what can they do right now today? This episode is brought to you by Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, a toothpaste like no other. There is nothing more important than fresh breath and dental wellness. We've even done episodes on it. And we are so happy to have Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste as a sponsor of the Courageous Wellness Podcast. Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste is a toothpaste created by a real dentist using nourishing and natural ingredients proven to remineralize tooth enamel to prevent decay. The founder, Dr. Jen, isn't just someone who got an idea and made a toothpaste. She's a highly trained and experienced dental professional. As a mom of three kids and a dentist, she knows how important it is to provide safe, natural, and healthy products for our long-term health and development. This is what started her on the quest to find a natural toothpaste that actually works. After not seeing an adequate toothpaste available, she took on the challenge to satisfy this gap. Bringing in her prior experience as an engineer and working alongside chemists, she created the ultimate natural toothpaste using clinically proven ingredients to strengthen teeth. We are huge fans of the Yummy Toothpaste with ingredients that are good for you and the environment. All products are also made from sustainable ingredients and biodegradable materials. If you want to try Dr. Jen Natural Toothpaste, you can save 10% with code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout when you visit www.drjennatural.com. That's www.drjennatural.com. All information can also be found in our show notes. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. 
Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk & Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. Well, you know, if you think about this from the brain's perspective, anything that's going to be painful in the next now to three months, it's going to have a hard time making it through the brain's healing process period. And so we can get ahead of that by starting to help that stuff move through the process now. And these tools give us that. I mean, you literally could shake your body, you know, like a deer as you think about these things and it would work. Um, these interventions are a little bit more elegant <laughs> than that. <laughs> so I, I have tried the shakedown and it works and I am not, I will use that whenever I would need to. I, I do the shakedown too now. Like when I'm just, I will literally just start, like I'm doing it right now. I'll like move my body to get this energy out when I feel stressed right. now too. That's so like, I'm like, yes, just shaking. how the brain works. Right. Um, and, and we, we intuitively know this, um, but I'm not going to go off on that tangent. <laughs> so. But, um, but it, the brain, we can, we can start working on things now that we're anticipating if your mind is going and brains are supposed to go forward and smooth the pathways for us so that when we walk on it, it's like, it, it's kind of like, oh, you made this for me already. It's smooth. I know exactly what to do in this situation. Um, and so when we see our brain going to the future, it's, it's really a great brain process, but it can activate, it can run into distressing thoughts. And then it, and then the process shuts down and then people are like, don't future project. And it's like, no, let's help your brain do the future process. Well, if you're dreading seeing your aunt now, think about that dread and tap on your points or use emotional freedom techniques, thought filled therapy. I love the, um, energy medicine techniques and, um, EMDR as well. What are, what are energy medicine techniques? Um, gosh, there are so many of them. I'm a student of Donna Eden's. And so I have just, I went there for past life regression training. And, um, that's the very last class I've been doing her work for four years and still haven't taken the class. Um, but you learn all these ways to help the body process distress without having to use the, the conscious mind which makes things really wonderful, especially for people with really awful traumas that they never want to think about ever again. You can really help people resolve that without them having to think about it again. And a lot of my tools are, well, emotional freedom techniques, thought-filled therapy, and EMDR. Eh, EMDR is, is 
you kind of hand the brain the reins. And so if it wants to get in there, you're going to relive it. And that can be really true traumatizing for people. That's why it's great to have a multiple, a, a bag of interventions so that you can really match them with people and where they're at and what would be helpful for them. But emotional freedom techniques and thought-filled therapy are really great for that kind of stuff where you can process stuff without having to think too hard about it. So yeah. energy medicine techniques tend to be more um, holding points on the body. They're like, they're similar to acupuncture, um, but without needles and holding and chakra work. Gosh, all kinds of it. There's so many systems energy medicine works with that mm. kind of take us into the woo woo land, but it's, it's really becoming more and more science, which is really fun as well. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it has been, it has made, I was getting these results before studying, um, energy medicine. But I found since integrating it, it's like it's like it rebuilds functions faster. Like a lot of times when I'm starting work with people to resolve their anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress, I'm going after resolving symptoms. And then the brain will naturally start its own healing process and reorganizing. And you want to see things like joy and um, and gosh, their boundaries. You want to see these things start to turn on. Um, but it can, it, they turn on, they start right away, but they're little kind of, they're little efforts until they become bigger efforts. But I feel like the energy medicine added in kind of brings in the rebuilding the functions early on. And so we're doing the healing work and the rebuilding functions together. And that's one of the reasons why things tend to work out in two to six months more smoothly. I feel like it was a missing piece, a missing bag that I have picked up. It sounds like you have a really integrative way to help people move through this using drawing on different aspects. When you're talking about like using this, um, you, you have a bag of tools essentially, and, and knowing that some might be more suited for one person and some might be more suited for a different person and really understanding kind of whatever the individual um, needs might be. And that's, I think that's really cool because it's not like a one size fits all approach, but like, what can we, what can we use that is going to be kind of unique to you as a patient or as a client or who, you know, and I think about that, even like the way Erica and I talk about nutrition where, yeah, there are some basic things that human bodies need, but like your human body and my human body, are bio-individual too. Yep. And so um, what can, so like what maybe makes you feel like you're thriving in a certain way doesn't necessarily apply to me um, in the exact same way, but maybe part of it does. And part of it, something else could really work for me as well. And so it sounds like you, by incorporating all these aspects um, of like the integrative sort of mind-body connection and approach, uh, it sounds like it's a, more of a tailored experience. And I've had moments too, where even through acupuncture, where I've gone in and my acupuncturist was like, Hey, we're going to work on some emotional stuff today. And I'm like, I'm fine. You know, like one of those. And she's like, you might have a bit of an emotional response when I leave the room, just gonna, just gonna let you know. And I'm like, away, whatever. And then like five minutes later, I'm like sobbing on the table, have no idea why, but felt amazing. Yeah. And that those, like when you were talking about not having to necessarily consciously right. go through something, but allowing my body 
to release it through those, through what she chose to do that day based on our conversation. It's like a, that was like a one pivotal session for me where I still remember how amazing it was. And to be honest, I've had, I mean, I think actually this, I'm going to share something and then also kind of lead into a question for you as someone who came from a world of talk therapy. I've had moments in like two sessions with a therapist that were life-changing and I feel very lucky and I didn't need to go back after. It absolutely changed two questions that this woman asked me and it changed so much about the way I looked at myself or approached things. And still to this day, I hold dear that moment where she, she was able to just be in that moment and, and challenge me in a way that I needed to be challenged. And it was life-changing for so many reasons. And I also understand that sometimes, you know, talk therapy can absolutely serve different purposes at different times for people. As Erica was saying earlier, wanting to find someone who really set her up with tools so that eventually when the time felt right or feels right, there's a sense of like, I've built skills. I've built something that I can trust and take with me. So I don't necessarily need to be in talk therapy about the same stuff for the next 25 years. And I'm wondering. I mean, I guess there's for, for some people, I'm sure there's, um, benefit and just like having a place to talk every week for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's absolute value in that. And do you think some, I don't know. I also like know people, friends in my life who've also said like, wow, I've been in this for, um, years and like nothing's nothing changes. And obviously each situation is unique, but you know, I, I wonder like you talking about your own frustrations in, in the field, is there like, if people are looking for a practitioner or looking for a therapist, like, is the goal to, isn't, is the goal to ultimately like move, move through, move through that process? You know, know, um, I think if you are working with a therapist because you want to, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. You know, that's like you're in personal growth or, you know, um, you've got a partner. Um, I find when you have an anxiety, depression, or trauma disorder, you've got a more complex situation going on Mm -hmm. that really benefits from being unraveled. And the best person to unravel that is your brain. Yeah. Cause if your brain can solve this problem, it's solved. Right. Yeah. If your brain can't, you're going to have to keep helping it over and over and over and over again. Right. And so when we, so I find that with anxiety, depression, trauma disorders, they really need to find somebody to help them help their brain figure Mm -hmm. this thing out and, and, and sort itself out in a functional way, because all of that stuff, the brain is supposed to be using it for your wellness, your, your expansion and your maturation, your growth. Yeah. So I don't find that, that with a disorder that you're going to resolve a disorder in two sessions. Right. But I will tell you, I have dissolved, resolved a disorder in two sessions. So it's not impossible, but it was a very simple PTSD. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. meaning one incident. Right. Right. Um, not ongoing situations that began in, you know, childhood, childhood or, or adolescence. Right. And so, um, so I think that, but I think we can all have those, those moments where every, the brain's just like, this is exactly what I needed. Right. And, whew, and you just watch your brain just release all the things, <laughs> you know, there's there, that it needs to release for that one thing. And then you're, you're moving on. So I wouldn't say things, especially because I'm here to um, discover and feel and play with the earth's magic. So mm -hmm. I'd say, yeah, let's keep looking for that. Um, but at this point, from what I've uncovered so far, the disorder stuff really, I think we just need a new approach to that. And then the and talk therapy is wonderful for support. It's wonderful to, to learn new strategies and new ways of being like, even if we unpack all the stuff from your childhood and stuff, there's going to be gaps in your knowledge. Yeah, you know, and then your brain's job is to say, hey, we don't know this. Can you go find somebody for us? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, no. And I'm still in talk therapy and I get so much out of it and we don't talk about the same, like I've moved through. I just, I found a therapist that gives me tools that I really connect with. And, um, yeah, it's nice to have a space twice. I, right. I you know, I, I was four or five years ago going every single week. And there've been times in my life where I need to go twice a week. Cause I'm really working through, um, something, but, and, now we're at twice a month, sometimes once a month. Right. So I think it evolves and, um, yeah, but, you know, and I guess my question too, is, you know, just, um, before we wrap, start to wrap up, I, you know, as we talk about this, like somatic work and like helping our brain process. And, you know, you mentioned, right. Like you can shake or, you know, and that might seem crazy dance movement, all of that stuff. Right. Like I noticed that when I'm feeling particularly anxious or triggered, as I mentioned, like turning on a song and dancing or going on a walk can be so unbelievably helpful to kind of yes. redirect, I would say, or like move the anxiety through my body. And I'm curious if you have any advice to how to make that even more, um, juicy, I guess, right? Like, you know, sometimes when I'm anxious, if I go on a walk, I feel better, but I don't know if I actually processed anything other than redirected. Same with dancing or turning on like my favorite song. So is there anything, if someone's feeling stressed and like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to take a bath or I'm going to play my favorite song. Is there something we can do to make it a little juicier for, yeah. for our listeners and for all myself? Of, yeah. All of those things you talked about are really great for our mental health. And I look at them as just general overall improvements and, but our brain really needs specific support. And the more specific we can get with the brain, the easier it can do its work. And so a lot of times, if you can understand the processes to get to follow your brain around and like pinpoint the work it needs, which it's always telling us, it's just that a lot of times the information comes so fast. We're like, I don't know what you're saying. And it's bad in here. Let me go distract myself. Right. So, but once you learn, okay, let me go visit the body and see what, what, how can I help you? A lot of times if you can find a sensation in the body and but the deal is that we really need to pay attention that's all we need attention and intervention 
Um, and we're just using the intervention to make sure we're going to escort this thing we're attentioning, we're paying attention to through the healing pathways. We don't want to leave it to chance unless, you know, you've done this work a lot and your brain is like, oh, I know what we're doing here because it's gotten to build its process. So, um, so if you're, for instance, if you, let's talk back about Aunt Sally, who we're going to meet that we don't want to meet or that we're dreading. First, we want to like peel this thing like an onion. So we know that all we, we the clues we have is that we're feeling dread, you know, and maybe we can take that, that we're using an intervention with that dread. So we're feeling better. But then we, as we pay attention to that Sally, Aunt Sally's situation coming up, we notice that um, we're afraid she's going to say this thing. Right. And so now we've got fear that we can pay attention to and that statement she's gonna make. So we can use an intervention with that and get a little bit closer. And then, um, well, what's so bad about that statement? I'm wondering, right? And then your, your subconscious mind tells you this wild story. Well, remember when she said this? What if she says it again? And then everyone's gonna laugh, right? And so as we're noticing that story, we're noticing our body has a lot to say about that story. So we're just using interventions as we watch this whole problem unravel in our brain. And so then we're getting through that to the next layers. And, and then maybe we're noticing that first event, Aunt Sally, we noticed that we were afraid of being around Aunt Sally. And so we're, we're processing, we can use an intervention around that. And then the next thing you know, you know that you've, you've gotten to the root issue when then you can look at Aunt Sally coming up in the future and you're like, oh, I can do this. I'll just do this, this and this. But in this moment, you can keep using an intervention and you're going to see um, things not being as emotional, you're going to see things being more logical and reasoning. Um, they're going to be more contemplative and you're going to start seeing solutions generating. Um, these are all signals that this that the information is reaching the front of the brain, which is where problem solving happens, right? So the subconscious mind isn't a problem solving center, so it has to move its immaterial to the, the part of the brain that can solve the problem. And then the body is not a problem solving center, so it has to move the information to the problem solving Part of the brain the body and so so this as so as we we want to see this stuff get to the front and so those solutions starting to show up even if they're bad solutions let us know that the information is arriving and so after and i wouldn't choose those solutions right off the bat because you kind of want to make sure all the information gets there so that this and you'll notice that the solutions get better and better and all of a sudden you're like oh that's a good idea or yeah i don't i don't feel afraid anymore or I, I'll just do this. I have this idea or X, Y, and Z, or you might notice that after you look at this issue so much, you might notice that you're, you, that you're like, wow, out of care for myself, I am not ready to engage this woman. I'm not going to the party. I'm just not, I'm going to take care of myself in this moment by doing this. And hopefully maybe next year I'll have it resolved and I'll be ready to move forward, but it's okay if I miss out this time, or if I skip the event or make everybody mad or whatever. You'll see that inner strength and that I'm going to stand by myself and stay with myself. Fine. Boundaries. Yeah, yeah, you'll see that stuff boundaries. show up. The brains make this. We want the brain yeah. to make this, right? Yeah. Not just have be at a table where our friends say, don't go to her. I can't believe she did that. You know, and then you go back and you still don't know what to do. And then you're telling your brain, hey, let's go to it. And your brain's like, ah, you right. know, it's like we want that internal harmony, that alignment and that the boundaries, right? And the authenticity, we want you to be able to be your authentic self, whatever that is, and to do it, gosh, with that core yeah, essence, integration, strength, 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I love that you were like, maybe the first things, like when they start to come to the front of the brain, like you want to <laughs> wait for a couple options. And that, but that, like, that shows me that that's like, I mean, maybe this is like me getting a little Buddhist, but that's wisdom. When you yeah. have these options and you can carefully um, examine them and act from like a centered, uh, like you said, sense of self-place, whether that is setting a boundary or whether that is saying you're not, hey, body, hey, mind, hey, brain, you're not actually threatened here. This is something you can totally handle and do it with ease. Like whatever the solution ultimately is, that you have the ability to make that choice for yourself from not like a non-distressed place. Um, yes. Yeah. It's it's like brings up the ability to like act for like wisdom, to have wisdom in your own life. Um, anyway, I know we could talk to you for another hour, but I know we have to wrap up sadly. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge with us today. But as we um, wrap up, we always ask three wrap up questions. So the first one I'm curious is how now in your life, um, do you practice self-care on a daily basis? Do you have any little non-negotiables in your day? Um, I do practice self-care on a daily basis. Um, I really, I'm in a growth process. So my brain has a lot to say and a lot that it needs to, it, I want to support it. <laughs> I want to support my brain. And so I, um, I have some journaling practices, but I kind of flow between several different things. I like to use an alternative form of EMDR. Um, I share, I have a video training on that. I have, I, gosh, I email people these things. I'm like, try this intervention, try this, you know, for free, just see if it works for you. Um, but I like to, I just feel like I've used these things so much that I know what effect they'll get me and which one I want. My, my brain is like, go do that. And so I just go do that. And it doesn't take that much time, but sometimes I need a bath that I just sit in there in my, you know, Epsom salt for hours and just be there, you know, and sometimes it's, it's a walk around the block. And sometimes I will, I will um, follow a memory, like a sensation back um, to a root issue. And so whatever. Do you have a favorite journal prompt? Um, I have. Gosh, you know what's funny is that my the fourth part of my program um, provides strategies for bringing up subconscious programming mm. that um, is outdated and problematic. And so that used to be my jam. And I'm like, you know, everyone loves the first part, the first strategy in my program. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I just, I, I can't be bothered. I you love know, it. I just, and now that's the one I love the most. I love it. No, I'm a journaler. So I was like, oh, I have to ask for our other journalers listening. Um, the second question we always ask is what does being courageous mean to you? Ooh, I love this one. Um, courage is um, the idea in Chinese medicine. And I've just been watching and following people's brains for a while that I'm like, I'm confirming them, even though like 5,000 years of work, it does not need my confirmation. Right. But, um, Courage is the what the brain when the brain can convert fear, terror, and despair, it will make hope and courage. And so um, courage means to me processed fear and terror. And that's great. Thank you. Yeah. And then um, we also wonder, do you have a book recommendation that can be on anything, literally just something that's meant something to you? 
Oh gosh, no, I'm in Nerdville over here. Okay. And um, the book that just transformed everything for me was The Body Keeps the Score. Yeah. Yeah. I just started getting rid of everything that wasn't, you know, it just made sense why I was getting the results I was getting and what yeah. wasn't needed. And then you see like brain function under MRIs and it just is very, it's enlightening. And it's just yeah. even more of that. This is not me. This is not a me problem. This is a brain function problem and it can be resolved. Yeah. That's really hopeful right there. Yeah. Um, so if anyone wants to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they do that? Um, you can find me on my website, rachelmcleod.com and that my name is spelled a little bit different and I know you'll have it in the notes, but yes. I'm going to say it here. It's, it's spelled R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And there you will find um, a free presentation where I talk about this process. Um, that's already pre-recorded because I can ramble and tell all the stories and turn something like that into a three-hour thing. So I was very careful because I, I really want people to understand how the brain heals and how to resolve a disorder. Um, also, I in my you can sign up on my email there, and then that's when I just start sending you interventions and you get to try things out. Um, and I have I've written a curriculum that I use for all of my clients to resolve their disorders, and I've made that available as a self-study program. And it's also the, um, the framework for my intensive coaching program and also the therapy services that I offer. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And um, yeah, we look forward to everyone hearing this episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.